Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. Third culture kids are individuals who grew up in different cultures to their parents, and as a result develop a connection to not just one, but to all of these cultures. In this episode, I chat with Carolina Santos-Reed, a self-confessed third culture kid. She is a UK-born Latina who grew up in Spain and the USA. Now she is a singer, actress, dancer and voiceover artist who recently moved to Toronto in early 2020, just in time for the global pandemic. In the beginning, um, I was just really looking forward to it. I came in February, beginning of February of 2020. And then the pandemic hit and everything got slowed down and it was hard to make friends and kind of tough, you know, and for sure this time has been really hard on people's mental health. And I'm never one to shy away from putting it out there that it's important to like talk to people and and to figure that out. And I was seeing somebody in in L.A. just because life stuff. And I think it's good for anybody. Um, And then I was able to see somebody in Canada. Well, talk to them on the phone or on Zoom. And that really helped me because it was just a weird time to make friends. And and I felt really idle because um, my job was so slow and just everything was different to get used to. So that really took a toll on me. uh, And that was the hardest part of the move. Together, we chat about the various countries and cultures that have a piece of Carolina's heart. We compare experiences planning our weddings during a pandemic, and she shares the importance of taking care of your mental health when moving to a new country. I had so much fun chatting with Carolina. We share the same passion for cultures and travel, and her exciting career in the arts is so fascinating to dive into. Let's start the show. Hi, Carolina. It's so nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you too. Um, sorry to interrupt. Sorry to correct. Rather, my name is actually pronounced Carolina. Carolina. Oh, Carolina. There you is that go. Good? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, how is your week going? It's good. Yeah, I can't complain. Um, yeah, I'm still visiting my parents for a bit. Um, and I'm anxious to get back to Toronto. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, great. So you're in the States right now? I am. Yeah, I'm in Connecticut for a little while. Nice. You grew up there, right? We'll get into that. But. Yeah, I did for part of my life. Yeah. Amazing. So <laughs> you, um, I want to obviously we'll chat about your career and all the exciting things you do. Um, but yeah, like as a dancer, actress, singer, performer, voiceover artist, I can imagine that no two days are alike and all of that good stuff. You have a nice variety. Whereas for me, like working from home, I just feel like I never have any updates when people ask, you know, well, how's your week going? I'm like, yeah, same old, like nothing to report. So. My week is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been working on most recently? Oh, good question. So yeah, because of the state of affairs with COVID, um, it was kind of a weird it's been a weird year, right? Um, thinking about 2020 as if we were still in it. But um, yeah, in back in March, I worked on a 
um, video game. And I was the voice of um, Leticia Buffoni uh, as she's one of the Tony Hawk pro skaters in the original Tony Hawk. And they revamped it and did like a new version of the whole thing. And um, yeah, and hired a bunch of us actors. So I got to do her voices, which was extra funny because when that was released (laughs) during the quarantine period in the beginning of COVID, um, I was watching a bunch of like different people playing them and i didn't know this was a thing in the video game world and now i'm like super into it where you watch people play the game as your character and then i like could hear the voices because i didn't have the game yet um so i was hearing myself like mess up and go ooh, and then (laughs) you know and i like nailed this trick (laughs) my my husband was laughing at me so hard he's like this is probably my favorite project you've done I was going to say, you do like the whole sucker punch to the stomach and sounds and like, (laughs) and when I left the um, studio recording that back in the early, early spring, I was like laughing to myself. Like, I honestly have always wanted to do this. And the guy was directing me from the director's room going, oh, Carolina, that was great. But can I hear it a little more? You know, like a little more like you really hurt yourself on that one. So I was like, (laughs) ah, got it. Okay. So, you know, like rolling over onto my stomach and I had to so much fun recording this almost as much fun as being in a horror movie and dying in it because it's so animated (laughs) you've died too that's like the dream or or be a zombie that's like my other dream i want to get like the walking dead makeup that's like that would be amazing hands down that is on my bucket list to do but anyway so besides voiceover work um i was also able to record um a psa from home which was interesting because public service announcements typically you're in a big um recording place you know uh with a green screen or whatever it is that um that the set is and so the fact that this had like such different production value because people are actually recording from their houses was so interesting to me Mm. and i set up a whole like anyway thank god my husband's tech savvy and helped me with all of it (laughs) um but yeah i recorded like a whole thing in my living room with uh the directors on zoom like directing me as i was recording it um so that was pretty neat and then i've done a few commercials but um i've come back to the states to work on those um and of course had to do the quarantine both ways uh but it was a nice excuse to also see my family um yeah yeah amazing i love it I, i love how different it all is it must be so nice to just change it up and also like this voice over artist stuff you must just you already knew what it was like to just be in pajamas all day right i'm assuming you don't dress up and look nice for these things you can just be like ah, and just look like crap behind the behind the screen that's actually really funny that you asked that because um yeah now that i'm doing it at home in my little home studio i can be in my pajamas and it's fantastic but when i was in uh prior bookings for voiceovers when i lived in new york and la i would go into a studio a recording studio and i'd have to like check in and you know meet the sound director and sound engineer and uh, meet the production director and and do a whole thing. So I would always kind of get dressed up, even though I wasn't on camera. But I would, it was a whole thing I'd get ready for. And now, no way. I mean, no makeup, just in my sweats. Woohoo, let's work. <laughs> yeah, you're the same as everyone else. So yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you look great right now, though. Thank you for dressing up for my podcast. Oh, I'm so honored. You look thank beautiful. You. <laughs> 
Well, you're the first guest that I've had on this podcast that actually has an IMDb profile. Ah, so yeah. yeah, that was super handy for me to like stalk you. I was just talking about before this call how I like went on. I was watching your reels. I like found you on Instagram. I was gushing about how you've been on Gossip Girl. I think that's awesome. Aww, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So a little bit of background then for our listeners. Yeah. Carolina, or sorry, Carolina. Yeah, nailed it. Is a UK born <laughs> Latina. So your parents are English and Brazilian. But you grew up in the States and Spain. So when I reached out to you and asked you to come on the podcast, my first question is, of course, which country are you originally from? And yeah, it turns out that question is a lot more complicated than the average person. (laughs) Not so clear cut. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's a very funny question. And um, I call it the third culture kids um, Mm -hmm. revolution. So there's actually a thing that I studied in school about this. I was a dance major in political science, and I was really interested in international relations because of being raised in different places. And there's actually a whole thing. Uh, It's usually like um, the kids of uh, army people or uh, Mm -hmm. businessmen. In in my case, my dad's job kind of made us bump around to different countries. Um, But you almost end up feeling as a result that you are not of one generation. You are not of one um, nationality either uh, in one place. So yeah, I was born in London. My parents met there. Mom moved over from Brazil. She's totally Brazilian, both sides. And my dad is half Brazilian, um, but they moved. He was born in Brazil and then raised in England uh, and then Mm. was basically in England since. So as a little toddler on most of his life, he was there. So he sounds English and acts English. And you would never know that he's half Brazilian, um, but he is. And and we go back to Brazil almost every year to visit family, although I've never lived there. So funny uh-huh. enough, uh, being born in England, being raised in Madrid till I was eight, uh, from a baby until I was eight, and then um, living in Connecticut from third grade until end of high school. And then I moved to Manhattan for university and lived there for quite a few years after school and LA a little bit as well on and off for jobs. Wow. Amazing. All over. And now Toronto <laughs> as of earlier. Yeah, of course. Beginning of uh, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. So yeah, like which, which country have you spent the most time in overall then? Would that be the States? That would probably still be the States. Yeah. 10 years before I went to school and then a few years after college. Yeah. Well, we're still figuring out what to put on your episode podcast cover. So we'll probably have to do like a little globe with like all the different flags sticking yeah, out or something. that'd be awesome. <laughs> That's funny that you said that too, because for World Cup, we always have the hardest time figuring out who we're rooting for because we're so right. pro-Brazil, but we're also so English and we're also like <gasps> proud of living in Spain and then American now too. So yeah. I didn't even think about that. Brazil and England are like crazy on in the football. Oh yeah. It's a big deal. <laughs> well, you just have to like change it every time. I don't know. That's crazy. Pretty much. Or I just like to switch up my jersey depending on who's playing. And then I'm like, yes. oh, let's go. Oh, no, who's winning? That's what you got to do. You got to switch it to who's winning. True. <laughs> True. Although I am a diehard fan of whatever city I'm from. So for England, I'm Crystal Palace, which they are not great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but because yeah. I was born in, you know, in King's College Hospital. That's the closest to where I was. And we nice. went to Dulwich when I was a baby. And then um, in Brazil, I'm SPFC, São Paulo Futebol Clube. So even when they're not doing great, I'm still like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> how, so how often do you go back to Spain? I guess you go to Brazil now. It's closer. or Yeah, yeah. We used to go back to Spain often. We only have um, one aunt, my dad's sister, who lives in Mallorca. Um, and my grandfather used to live in Spain, but he passed away some years ago. So um, we don't really have as much family, just a few friends in Spain. So we don't go there quite as much. We do go to England every few years to see close family friends of my dad's and some some extended family of his. And mm-hmm. then we go to Brazil about once a year if we can. Uh, for me, 
because of work, it always is dependent. So every couple years or so, I like to make a trip and see everybody. Great. So you lived in Spain until you were eight, mm-hmm. but you can still speak Spanish fluently, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I lived in France for four years and I do not speak French anymore. So you've obviously done really well to keep that language skills. But then I guess you have your family to practice with too. So Yeah, I mean... I don't practice it as much as I should with my parents. I tend to speak Portuguese with them more um, or English. But uh, yeah, with my relatives in Spain, we always speak Spanish and uh, friends of mine from Spain. And I even met some Spaniards in Canada, too, through a yoga meetup group. So that was great. Yeah. Cool. So England, Spain, Brazil, the States. Tell me your favorite things about each of them. Ah, good question. I love that question. Um Okay, so in England, I did a British circus one year. It's called Gifford Circus. Oh, yeah. And that's when I was dancing more more so than acting. Um, and I was an assistant choreographer for that show. It was called Yasmin, a musical all about the life of horse trainer Yasmin Smart. Gifford's is known for being an, a whimsical um, vintage circus that still travels around the Cotswolds and a bit of Wales as well every summer. And I discovered when I was doing that contract, which was about nine months in t- 2010, I want to say, that I really loved the pubs in the countryside and just um, how amazing the food's gotten, which growing up, the food in England was nothing to write home about. But now it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And the food is just spectacular. And I used to really enjoy having a pint of cider and a really nice meal at these <laughs> oh, pubs whenever cider. we were in different towns. Yeah. yeah, I really miss cider, like the different kinds and the different fruity oh, ones. Because here it's just yes. like you ask for cider and it's kind of like bitter apple and that's pretty much all you get. So yeah, yeah like I in totally the States, the ciders are okay. But in England, there's just so many good varieties. And I had that all the time when I was going out with uh, with the cast. So I really miss that scene and um, and the countryside. It's just absolutely spectacular in England. And the countryside's so beautiful and green and neat. And Yes. Yeah, oh, amazing, true. You're making me homesick. Yeah, just like walking around in, even if it's wet and a disgusting day, and then you can crash into a pub and have like a gourmet gastro meal oh, and then have a cider or even a warm drink. And it's just like oh, the best day. That was the best thing ever. <laughs> And um, in Spain, I would say living in Madrid, well, we were, we were in Torredones, which was just outside Madrid, but I went to a British school in Madrid. So I was in, in the city mostly. Um, I miss my old dance school, Casa de Cultura. It was amazing. I have such fond memories of it. And just walking in downtown uh, and going to like the butcher and the baker. And it, you just feel like you're in an old um, European town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's so much charm to that. I haven't had that since I lived in Madrid and, you know, here we go to the big grocery store or whatever. And in Canada, I do the same, but, um, there it really is. You, you just walk into town and everything's stone and old and uh, streets are narrow. Everybody knows each other because it yeah. was a small town. And, um, I would Everything's just like a little small business and you can say, Hey, to the butcher and support him and his family. Cause you know them. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Aww. It made me very proud um, to be from there. And I remember loving to go to my, my ballet school every day and after school. Yeah, really fond memories of that. In the States, and I'm going in order of when I lived there. That's funny. I didn't even realize I was doing that till now. Um, in the States, uh, I grew up in the state of Connecticut, which is in the Northeast. It's New England. So it's very English in tradition. Um, my parents are in this really cute shoreline town that's quite close to the ocean. And in the summertime, gets a lot of tourism from people coming on their boats. So my favorite thing about the States, um, God, there's so many, but <laughs> in the summertime in the Connecticut shoreline, you really do feel like you're in a Hemingway novel or something. Like it's just very, 
it's a scene from like England, really, by mm-hmm. the sea. Uh, really cute little quaint shops, and um, it's quite preppy in the way that people dress and yeah. act, and everyone's very friendly and. Um, a lot of bright colors, a lot of Lily Pulitzer, but I really enjoy just the atmosphere of uh, summertime in New England and grabbing an ice cream, going to the beach, um, sitting outside at a restaurant. And even during COVID, I did get home this summer for, for a work project and it was nice to kind of just be able to still do those outdoorsy things in a safe way, uh, where so many other things were, were uh, not accessible. Mm-hmm. I love how you describe places. You're exactly like me because so I listen to Hillary Rushford's podcast. So she's from New York, and she always describes traveling with like the different types of traveler, where it's like you are, you're a bee person or a do person or a feel person oh, or something that. like that. Okay. And yeah, she's always she always said that she's a feel person. So even if you're in Paris, you feel guilty for not going up the Eiffel Tower, but instead you'd rather just like sit on your balcony and like soak up that atmosphere, and that's totally. Okay okay as well right absolutely so oh, I, I love that. that we're the same I, I can tell watch that, or listen to that rather you'll have to send me the name of that podcast oh yeah she's amazing I'll have to send you it yeah <laughs> yeah please do that'd be great and that's I completely agree with that sensibility of being mm. in Paris you have to go to like a, an outdoor cafe and have like a pan au chocolat with like your coffee and just soak it in just just to walk around and feel yeah. French in Paris is the best thing you can do better than any of the tourist attractions. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I can't remember exactly the words that she said, but it was definitely like the feel of a place. And that's definitely more what I enjoy as well. I can just sit there and do nothing, but still feel like I've like experienced that place. So I love yeah, that. You definitely painted an amazing picture of all of those places. Thank you. What about Brazil? Brazil. I was just <laughs> going to say, I missed one. Yes. Um, right. So... Mom and dad's family are, um, well, sorry, mom's family is from, she was born in, in Rio de, uh, Rio de Janeiro, mm-hmm. but she was raised in Sao Paulo. And in the suburbs of Sao Paulo, there's a really cute town in the interior called Socorro, uh, which is our, our Nossa Senhora Perpetua de Socorro. So Our Lady of Perpetual Help, uh, named after the saint. And that is the cutest little town. Think of, um, horse country, rodeo, like, uh, they have like a rodeo, um, and these are like the kind of kind of like cowboys in in Brazil in the mountains about an hour or two outside of the big city of Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo is like the New York of Brazil. Rio, I would say, is like the L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being in the Sao Paulo to visit my f- family is always fun just to be in the metropolitan city. But what I most look forward to is going to Socorro for the weekend and staying in my grandfather's house um, that he, you know, is no longer with us. But um the, my mom and her six siblings have inherited and all of the 15 first cousins I have on my mom's side. What? So whenever I go, yeah, <laughs> that's why we're having a wedding there because I do not want to, you know, not have them present. Um, and it's just such good memories of everybody reuniting because all of them live in Brazil except my mom. Wow. And you're all so close, like all 15 of you, you just get together and you're like, ah, I can just imagine. Yeah. It's all, it's like a big wow. party. Exactly. It's the best. And my brother and I have a blast being there and being reunited with them and having a shuhasco, a good traditional Brazilian barbecue. Uh, we'll have a, a guy come and like cut all the meats for us and roast it all up so we can all just hang out and have some fun. We all pitch in to, to have somebody take care of it and we sit and just enjoy a good meal and, um, catch up and eat some really nice Brazilian fruits, drink Guarana, which is the uh, fruit from the Amazon. Uh, It's like a sweet soda. And 
yeah, those are like my, my fondest memories and just walking around the village uh, and enjoying, if we're there in August, their winter, even though it's still quite warm, there's the Festa de Agosto, which is when they do all of the strawberry, it's like the strawberry harvest. So mm-hmm. they do um, lots of little stands in town and all the local farmers uh, sell like strawberry sweets and they have like bands playing and it's just like a little home fair and is always quite fun to be around for. Wow. So when are you hoping to to do that big wedding then next year, you said? August. Yeah, because um, that's when a lot of people have off school and it's when flights are quite cheap because it's um, off season. Most people go when it's our winter, (laughs) their summer, right? Yeah. Um, But in August, it's actually perfect because there's not a lot of rain and we're planning on, well, knock on wood, (laughs) Mm. we're doing it in a tent outside on my grandfather's land Um, and then having a picnic uh, the day after up in the mountain where his... um, big farm was and there's an old like farmhouse there and it has a beautiful view of the town um so it's very country boho you know outside family fun (laughs) oh that's so great fingers crossed i mean i'm supposed to be getting married this summer so if i get married this summer you should be fine by next summer fingers crossed for both of us (laughs) well no actually mine's this summer i just keep saying next because it's 2021 and i forget so what date in august so this this August, twenty uh, Saturday the 21st. Okay, I'm the 16th. Ah, that's so exciting. <laughs> I'm going to be checking in with you. Oh, I can't Oh, wait. please. That'll be so good. That'll be so good. Oh, oh I just lovely. really pray that it goes okay. Yes. Well, so do you have a certain country that feels like the most home to you? So when you think of the word home, does a particular country pop into your mind? Hmm. That's the, something that if you read about the third culture kids, um, you'll see they all we all have in common, mm-hmm. which is no, mm-hmm. I feel the most at home in all of them because there are things in each that I find familiar and that I feel like are me. Um, but I feel the most Brazilian of anything just because that's where most of my heritage is. Mm-hmm. So when I'm there, I'm like, ah, these are my roots. This is um, right. This is my upbringing. This is my my blood. Uh, and I'm very proud of being Latina. I'm really proud of the culture in Brazil. Um, such a happy people, beautiful music, uh, wonderful weather for the most part. Everyone loves soccer. There aren't wars. Like I just am so, mm-hmm. I feel so Brazilian in so many ways of like the sensibilities that is, that it is to be Brazilian. Um, but I'm also so proud of being English. And when I'm in England, I'm like, woohoo, here we go. I can do my accent again. I can go right back to it. <laughs> oh my God. It's so refreshing to have someone that I can actually do it. <laughs> Well, you know, I went to British these... school in Spain, so that was my first way of speaking English. Oh, that's so nice. Because, yeah, you know these, like, <laughs> North American people that try and do the British accent, they come out like Cockney from Mary Poppins. It's like, no one talks like that. Like, what do you think we talk like? Totally. Oh, God, my fiancé, he's Canadian, obviously, and he loves saying indubitably. That's what he likes to say. Indubitably. And I'm like, no, I don't think I've heard that said Ever. <laughs> Not once in my no whole life. No one says that. I mean, now that everyone's watching Bridgerton on Netflix, oh, no. we're all like, oh, so do you, your grace, do you think that we're going to be going there tonight? Um, I do believe we shall. It's you know, not it's helping like, my no case, one speaks is it? that way. Damn it. <laughs> oh, geez. But yeah, no, that's awesome, though, that you're a global citizen and yeah, you're lucky enough to have so many countries pieced together to make who you are as well. Like, even if 
it's interesting that you said that you feel you know maybe more connected to brazil because that's your blood but then also you have these other amazing countries that have shaped your personality i'm sure and like your tastes and the people you enjoy spending time with and that's yeah. so interesting to me it just means you're not like a cookie cutter right like it's like oh i'm i'm so and so from such a such country like that's it like it's you're so yeah. unique and yeah it's cool for sure and and people got we used to get mad at me in the states because um they're like oh you're not that patriotic like you're not so proud of being american and i'm like actually I actually am super proud of being American, um, but just in different ways than you, you know, yeah. and I, like when I became a citizen and was able to vote, like it made me so proud um, when I was sworn in, like that was a really, really cool day for me. But um but I don't feel that that's my blood at the same mm. time. So, and they don't get that. They're like, my friends in the States are like, what the hell, Carolina? You're not very proud. And I'm like, but I am. It's just different than you because I wasn't Aww. born here. And I mean, like, the oh, States whatever. as well. Like what you have to have like 10 US flags on your front lawn to be, you know, American. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a whole, there's another level of patriotism, right? That yes. like, I just, I can't, I, I will never live up to it, I guess. <laughs> no, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, does that ever get confusing at all? You know, have you ever experienced any confusion around your identity or your roots or, or where you belong? A little, yeah, for sure. And that that I would say is the drawback of, of being like having the gift of being from different places. I was just so fortunate to have my dad um, be asked to come over to the States for his job. And um, we went to Spain for a different job opportunity. Um within the same field for him and like it was exciting for us and and I regret nothing like I would have done it all over again but it's also a little bizarre um there are moments where you're like you find yourself comparing one place to another or Mm. um like politically you just have a lot of views because you kind of see it from different perspectives um and you know i'm able to have thank goodness uh friendly um interactions and and good friends of mine who are not as liberal as i am and that's great and that's fine and i think that that's beautiful and i I like being able to discuss these things with them um but yeah that's one thing that that some of my more conservative friends in the states uh, have a hard time wrapping their heads around is how i can be so proud of being different things at the same time right yeah exactly and yeah it's it's almost like you have to choose sides in so many things in life and it's it's so strange sometimes to have somebody that is just so open-minded and so you know accepting for all these different things but yeah i think that's refreshing that's so nice thank you i appreciate that and that's actually something that drew me to my husband too um because he's canadian as well just like your husband to be and uh but he he was raised with um an immigrant dad from morocco and a mom that's italian of heritage she was born and raised in canada but oh my her goodness family... your children if you plan on having them that's rude but yeah <laughs> we your do plan children on are gonna be gorgeous oh my god those jeans <laughs> oh, <thank> <laughs> oh gosh thank you um yeah he's he's got really beautiful sisters uh so oh. i have like this idea of what we might you know our kids might look like wow. um but and i have just one brother so yeah it is fun to kind of see how he was raised and and the different cultural um uh, tradition that he that he comes from and the fact that he considers himself very much Canadian, super proud of being Canadian, but he's really proud of his roots in Morocco and in Italy mm. and he does speak the languages as well. Wow. So it's quite fun for How us. How many languages is that between you both? Oh my God, a lot. Um, I speak English, Spanish, Portuguese and my French is conversational at best, but it's not fluent. And his um, French is fluent, of course, because he was in Montreal growing up. Uh, he speaks Arabic, he speaks Italian and he speaks English and then he picked up Spanish in school, but his Spanish is fluent, fluent. Wow. So nine. 
Ah, and that's pretty cool that you obviously you can speak English together, but that you could also speak Spanish together. That's so, yeah. Once that's in a so while, cool. I I flip into it, and if he's you're angry at him. Portuguese too. <laughs> His Italian helps with with Portuguese, I will say. And when I was in Italy with him, um, I found my Portuguese helped, but I don't speak Italian. Wow. So cool. So I saw your wedding photos on Instagram and I was going to ask actually, because it looks, I I was going to say Indian, but obviously it's Moroccan, right? Moroccan, right. You had the henna. It looked amazing. So yeah, I was going to ask you about that, what tradition that was for the wedding. Yeah. So so, um, yeah. So his uh, dad's family is Moroccan and um, his sisters uh, gave me a henna party the day before we we went to a mosque and it was so interesting and so much fun. And I really loved getting to learn his cultural traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, which are just so different from mine. And it was beautiful. And the way that they, when I went to Morocco once on a trip years ago with my mom, mom I had a family member that was stationed in Rabat as she was working for the Brazilian embassy there. And um, she showed us all around uh, Fez, Casablanca, Marrakesh, and Rabat. And I found Marrakesh to be the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life. And I'd, we've traveled a lot. Um, and it's funny, I always had this thing about Morocco in my head, like, wow, I got to go back there. That place is magic. It is just, like you say in Spanish, mechifla. Like everything about it is inspiring. Mm. The aesthetics, um, the colors, the textures. Uh, I wanted to buy every pair of slippers in every color. I wanted like <laughs> all of the, all of the tapestries, all yes. of the carpets. I wanted all the of the attention lanterns. attention to detail, like every building is just so detailed yes, with every tiny thing. Yeah. Absolutely stunning, wow. right? So um, I told his sisters and they were very gracious and, and said, no, we'll take care of your um, your party after. It was very small, just his immediate family and, and mine. And I was like, guys, like whatever you want to do, I just want to learn about you and your culture. So um, I got to wear a Moroccan dress that they, they took me to pick out and it was velvety with all these cool embellishments. I wore a crown. I had um, a veil, which I don't plan on having for my other wedding because I think boho bride flowers in my hair, like that's mm. more, that's me. But this was so me too, even though it's not my culture and tradition, but I, I felt so proud to kind of learn about his. Um, yeah, and for them to extend that to you as well is so nice to know that they're including you and bringing you into that tradition and accepting you. That's so nice. Yeah, that meant the world to me, wow. honestly, and to Kareem. We both were just like pretty blown away by it all. Yeah. And uh, and it was very special. And my favorite bit, and oh, I'm going to kick myself for not remembering the name of it, was um, there's this uh, sort of table-like structure um, that the bride sits in. And underneath of it, there's um, uh, pegs that uh, the men carry onto their shoulders. And so I was able to be hoisted up into this. <laughs> Darn it. Why can't I think of the name of it? I will later. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and I was up in the air and they were kind of there were two men behind me and two men in front of me and I was sitting on their shoulders on this plate essentially embellished wow. <laughs> and then they were singing and like kind of bopping me up and down and you know like chanting to me as like I was processed in yeah amazing and it was so cool wow and what a contrast too you're going to have that wedding and then you're going to go to Brazil and have this boho wedding in Brazil that's such a cool experience to have two weddings so drastically different I'm awesome. really looking forward to it. Really grateful for it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Something really to look forward to this year, fingers crossed. It'll be such an amazing way to kind of draw a line in the sand and kind of Absolutely. start, you know, looking forward to something really positive and happy with our loved ones. So Absolutely. And I'm sure you can relate to this, but after everything that we went through with COVID and that we're still dealing with, um, it just gives us so much more so much more to appreciate and to um celebrate yes. too. So Yeah. I want to know what yours is like. I hope you don't mind me asking you. 
Um, yeah, well, we've booked, uh, it's an old mill in England, so it's where mm-hmm. they, the river goes under the brick building, and it has the old me- mechanism still that kind of churns the water that used to power the right. mill, so it's beautiful. It's, um, it's actually in Hampshire, which is kind of in the yeah. south coast. And yeah. it's right by these meadows, like really classically English wet meadows and this beautiful oh. red brick building with this mill, this river that goes under it. And it's just small. It's going to be, you know, 60 people or so, hopefully, fingers crossed. But um, yeah, yeah it's that'll be fantastic. Perfect. And same I can, with I can me with the whole it. boho thing. I want the flower in my hair. I don't need a yeah. veil. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to finally wear the dress. I bought it like um, Thanksgiving of 2019, you know, in preparation. Yes. Well, funny story with me, I got engaged on New Year's Eve, so just going into 2019. Ah, okay. And then one month later, I wasn't even thinking about dresses or anything, but my friend sent me a contest that this radio station was doing. And she was like, you should do this, because basically what it was saying, it, it was asking for um, your love story, right? So you have to write yeah. in your love story of how you met, blah, blah, blah. And I have a creative writing degree. So I was like, I'm all over this. Like, I'm going to win. Um, and I wrote out a love story about, um, I mean, if you listen to episode one, you'll get the whole story. I won't repeat it, but, um, yeah, I wrote it out, sent it in and then I ended up winning and it was a wedding dress. So oh my I, God, that's amazing. So I Congrats. got to go to this wedding dress boutique um, local to where I'm in Canada. And I just picked out this beautiful dress that was like boho and super what I loved. And I got to just walk out with it. And it was amazing. So yeah, same. It's probably got like moth balls and holes in it by now. It's been years, but yeah. That's so <laughs> fab though. No, no, it'll be fantastic. It'll be yeah. <laughs> So what brought you to Toronto then? So you're living in the US and your husband is from Canada. So I guess you went long distance for a while. and We did. Yeah, we met on the road um, traveling and we did long distance for about two years. Uh, and we would always manage to see one another, the nature of my job with um, work. I also do automotive uh, work for trade shows and car events. So um, my spokesperson job has me all over the US normally, although this year, all of that's been canceled for now. Uh, so I would cash in my air miles and go see him in a different city or he'd come see me there. And um, that's how we did it for two years. And then finally I was like, two okay, years. enough is enough. I was living in LA for at that time for a little while, for about a year. Um, and I had been there prior for jobs, but that was my fixed year in LA. And I said, okay, I love the weather out here. This is a wonderful place. Uh, I love my work, but you're not here and Mm -hmm. you can't be here yet because he is, you know, he was doing his master's in um, Canada and he's also a soccer referee. Mm -hmm. So he, with the nature of the Premier League that he's in there, he can't be in the States. So I said, I'm going to go to you and we'll make it work because I looked for an agent. um, I got one. And then once I had secured an agent contract, I felt comfortable enough to come to a new market. And I had performed in Canada before. I had done musical tours through North America, including cities in Canada. So I felt very comfortable with the idea of being in Toronto of all of the cities. Um, And then he said, okay, I can come to Toronto and... um, yeah. Wow. And I guess, you know, how was your experience adjusting to life in Canada? I was going to ask that, but then I guess it wasn't initially that scary for you after all your experience living in different places. But then yeah. the pandemic hit, so it was kind of unprecedented. So Exactly. That's that's the part that I think was the hardest. In the beginning, um, I was just really looking forward to it. I came in February, beginning of February of 2020, um, and we knew we were going to be getting having our smaller wedding soon after. 
Um, and I was hopefully going to be able to work soon after that. And then the pandemic hit and everything mm-hmm. got slowed down and it was hard to make friends and uh, kind of tough, you know, and for sure this time has been really hard on people's mental health. And um, I'm never one to shy away from putting it out there that it's important to like talk to people and, and to figure that out. And I was seeing somebody in, in L.A. just because life stuff. And I think it's good for anybody. No particular reason. Um, and then I was able to see somebody in Canada. Well, talk to them on the phone or on Zoom. And that really helped me because it was just a weird time to make friends. And, and mm-hmm. Kareem was always in the apartment with me. And but he was working from home. And I felt really idle because uh, my job was so slow. Uh, and auditions were all at home, which is different and weird. Uh, even acting class was on Zoom and it just everything was different to get used to. Um, not being able to go to the gym like I used to usually go and go take dance class. So that really um, took a toll on me. Uh, and that was the hardest part of the move was finding a sense of community. Mm-hmm. And then when things got a little easier in the summer and I was able to be outside, I joined that yo- our yoga meetup, um, Newcomers Through Yoga, which Elizabeth Caprubi, she's um, from Spain and she's uh, been in Toronto a few years now. But she started that group in order to have people feel welcomed and people that are like-minded about yoga and meditation um, have these meetups outdoors. And we would practice yoga in parks and then we would like hang out and have lunch or oh. we'd all like meet up at do a hike somewhere or, you know, listen to music on a green and then chat. And so these things really, really helped me build like a sense of community uh, in Toronto. And that was a big, big difference. Um, And then Kareem, too, even though he's Canadian, he was from Montreal. So it was hard for him to make new friends as well. And um, and then all of a sudden his master's program went all virtual. So he was just sad to be separated from these people that he loves. He's an entrepreneur. So all the people in his program are like his people. And mm-hmm. uh, we were finally able to see them all safely outdoors. It made a huge difference. Um, and yeah, I think that was what kind of turned it over. And then him and I being able to travel um you know, safely within the region also, uh, just take car drives and visit like a farm and, and go do alpaca yoga, like things like that. Just <laughs> you different <laughs> things that we could do in the pandemic, like really, really help to connect to the new surroundings. Yeah. Oh, I love that. There's so much to unpack there. Yeah. I think community is key and it's been such a challenging year for that. So to hear you being so proactive and, you know, you've really nailed down different ways to, to, you know, overcome the challenges that that's, that's 2020 through us. So yeah. Yeah, therapy as well is huge. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I went to counseling when I first came to Canada and it helped me so much and it should not be so stigmatized. And it's definitely Mm -hmm. getting a lot better, which is so good to see. Um, But yeah, I'm glad that that's made its way into this episode because that's really important. Yeah, I think it's just such a beautiful thing for anybody, no matter what you're dealing with, just to get some things sorted out and to have somebody that's um, completely objective Mm -hmm. and not in your life and uh, isn't trying to make you happy in what they say is just listening and just offering advice um, and ways, coping mechanisms and healthy ways in which you can um, work on yourself. It makes all the difference. It does. I love the sound of your yoga group. What an amazing 
idea. Yeah. Shout out to Elizabeth. I need to meet you. Yep, Elizabeth. <laughs> I told her I was going to be mentioning her because uh, it's such a big part of my journey um, to being new in Canada, and um, and I just have her to thank. So yeah, she. How many people are in the group? Oh, good question. Um, it's it's growing and growing like every day. Because I know uh, those meetup groups can get crazy big, like thousands, yeah. and then you know obviously these different events can you know different people show up. But yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's getting big, but you know. Now everything's pretty much virtual, but um, it'll be nice to kind of see a few people again once we're able to do that. Yeah, that's great that you had a community to work out with because, uh, you know, one of the biggest journeys I've had is actually my whole mindset towards exercise because before this pandemic I would maybe go to like a couple classes because there's no way I can just go into a gym and just like look around and like look at all the equipment and be like, oh. uh... I don't know what these do. I don't know how I'm going to motivate myself. What I do like five reps of this. I don't know what structure to do. So I've never been the person to just like turn up at a gym and figure it out. So I've always gone to classes. Um, but then obviously that wasn't possible 2020 and, and and still because of the pandemic. So this whole shift to working at home, working out at home, has been revolutionary for me because yeah. I never thought that I would be able to do that. But just putting a video on and doing it at home, I don't have to worry about what I look like. I don't have to worry about what I'm wearing. And I can just throw it on and then like slump on the couch and just like die in peace. So it's so good. And I've worked out the most I've ever worked out in my whole life. It's been so good. That's awesome. Good for you. Because yes. I find a lot of people have felt the opposite. Like they felt mm. less motivated because when it's just you, you don't really get up and do it as much. Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, I was having a hard time with it because I found that Zoom dance class was just really tricky to navigate in your living room. Uh, and I just was getting really annoyed with like, you know, staring at the screen and learning the choreography as opposed to being in the room with everybody. Mm. So I kind of took a break on that. And then I went back into it and started to feel comfortable again. Um, but Zoom workouts or, you know, Instagram Live or whatever you're doing, YouTubes, um, I find to be quite fun because I yeah. I used to do something called Class Pass. I don't know if you know of it. Um, and it's it's I did it in New York and L.A. and thankfully it's in Toronto. So when I first moved there, I was taking classes that way. It's basically you join a gym membership, but it's not for one gym. It's for like all of the gyms that participate. Oh, cool. And you can sign into their database and then pick the um, workout class that you feel like taking in the gym that you feel like going to based Ooh. and you search by area or by like uh, fitness style. Um, and so I had like a set amount of credits I would pay for per month and then I would switch it up and that way I wouldn't get bored. So one day yes. I'd go to a yoga in, you know, close to me in downtown. And then another day I'd explore a new area and I would take like a strength training class there and then I'd do Pilates or whatever. I did the same in New York because my schedule was always up in the air based on when my auditions were and where. So I would kind of just jump into a studio in that neighborhood when I had a break, I'd bring my yoga stuff with me, take that class. And then, you know, shower or whatever and then go to like my next thing mm -hmm. um but now it's all just on on my tv screen so yeah. i'm still able to do it and i'm really enjoying doing it i have more of a routine now of doing that um but there are days where I find it difficult to motivate myself because yeah. it's well, just me exactly. and I'm accountable for me. Yeah. And you just turn, you know, if you're going to pack your stuff in the bag and get in the car and drive there, it's kind of like you force yourself to do it. Whereas if you're just kind of like staring at your couch while you do it, it's definitely more challenging. But it is. Yeah, it's definitely it, it sounds so preachy, but 
you know, like working out does make you feel so much better. It, it really does. does. It's really All the endorphins that release. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important, not just for your physical health, but for your mental health as well. And that's, yeah, like I said, it's my biggest lesson that I've learned. And it's so tempting, like we were saying, to feel down about the lockdowns or anxious about the unknowns of the pandemic and you know that all you want to do is sit on the couch and eat takeout because it's quick and it's easy and it's comforting and watch tv but actually working out has yeah a real power to like snap me out of that mindset and just like moving my body in any way like it doesn't have to be like a big cardio sesh or it could literally just like be yoga or go for a walk you know moving your body just moving it is so important it is so important and i really do yeah I'm I'm having much more fun doing that and uh, making it into my routine to like get up and do that and then make my smoothie and whatever. And then I feel like, okay, I've got this down now. I'm yeah. not going to like cut corners. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, you know, Instagram and all of this stuff, it can look like everybody's just so on it as well. Like, oh, I'm doing my workouts every day and blah, blah, blah. But I've really made sure to follow people that aren't going to make me feel crap and people that actually just make me feel good when I look at my social media feed and yeah, um, absolutely. yeah it's just been it's been an interesting year but I'm definitely trying to keep active and it's definitely helped my mental health I've never I never would have thought it so that's great yeah I agree and it's I have good fun when uh, when Kareem joins me on a workout too he he works out <gasps> he differently does? than me but it's fun oh, when sometimes I try and get in. Isaac to join in and he's just like not flexible at all and he's not coordinated so like if it's a <laughs> class it's just it's, no it would never work <laughs> not for him <laughs> no can't even touch his toes he's just like oh so stiff and yeah it's quite funny to watch but yeah yeah going back to your point then about um spending more time with him too I think that was a really lovely observation so yes. you know during this pandemic would you say well it's definitely one of my most surprising things too is that it's been so nice to actually develop strength and relationships with the people I love. And yeah, what yeah. have you been doing? 100%. Yeah. Um, with Kareem, I think, uh, even though, you know, he's in the study doing his stuff most of the time, but I'll come in and peek in like, what are you doing? Want to go for a walk? You know, when's your break between meetings? And he's like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like his little like, come hang out with me. <laughs> yeah. um, and then if I'm like back to back auditioning or whatever I'm doing, then I, I leave him alone. But it's been fun. We kind of have this like whiteboard and we write down like our schedules for the day. And then I know when his breaks are so I can like, we can figure out if we're going to make food together or if we're going to go for a walk. Um, oh, and we try to get out, you know, once a day if possible, at least for a little bit of air. And um, yeah, just the, the extra time together has been a blessing. And you haven't killed each other. So no I know trial by fire right can you imagine like yeah all of this time together in our apartments and another reason we came home for the holidays to be with my parents was um well because with the border closed it's the only way I can see them is for me to see to come see them um and I can get back to Canada uh, for being married to Kareem but it's 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 been so nice just to have the house and the land um to have a change of scenery because we are in a smaller smallish apartment in downtown so it's good to have that extra space and change of scenery so you don't uh lose your mind being always in the living room or bedroom or study and that's it yeah. uh, well oh, carolina carolina thank you so much <laughs> for your time thank today. you so it's such a pleasure to meet you thank you for such having me such a pleasure and when are you back in toronto because we should get coffee well when we can really soon um within the next like week or to so i'll have my quarantine and then i'll be available to head out so where can people find you if they want to check you out if they want to follow you where can people find sure you? so um my instagram is carolina santos reed um read like read a book mm-hmm. <laughs> and my website is my full name 
uh, carolinasantosreed.com or IMDb or YouTube. Perfect. Well, thank you. And yeah, all the best. We'll cross both of our fingers and toes for both of our weddings this year. And um, yeah, have a great, great night. Thank you so much. You too. Such a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.